Welcome to another edition of TM3 Impact. My name is Tomas Martinez, and today we are going to have an amazing show. We have 30 years of history with this amazing company, and I can't wait to introduce who I have on the show today. But first, we need to thank our sponsors. We need to thank Luxury Home Magazine and SGA Academy, Spanish Grove Academy, the Spanish Immersion Pre-K in SA. So today, who do I have on the show? I have the CEO of the Phyllis Browning Company, Phyllis Browning. Super excited to have you on the show. And I have the president, Jennifer Shimwell, with me today. I'm super excited to have you on the podcast today. I'm excited to be here, Tomas. Yes. Thank you you for, uh, uh, you know, agreeing to be on the show. And we're going to jump right in. So the first question, Phyllis, is I want to know your San Antonio story. Uh, Cliff Note version, how did you come to live in this amazing city? I came to live in this amazing city by my mother and dad, who were already living in San Antonio. And actually, we were living in the city of Alamo Heights. I was the first baby born in the city of Alamo Heights. And my father was overseas serving in the war. He was in Germany fighting. And my mother won some prizes by my being the first baby born. In Alamo Heights. In Alamo Heights. Oh not, my not, goodness. Not San Antonio, Alamo Heights. That, I did not know the story. Okay. So first baby born. So did they kind of carry this on? They kind of followed you through, through Alamo Heights, uh, through the city, kind of knowing this? Well, you know, we lived in Alamo Heights all our lives, except for maybe a couple of times we moved to Bernie for okay. two years and then we were, in Almas Park for a few years. Okay. Okay. That's awesome. And so you're, you're, you grow up first baby born in Alamo Heights and then you decide you start your family in San Antonio. Did you start your family here in the city in, in Alamo Heights? I did. Okay. I, I went to Alamo Heights. I graduated from Alamo Heights. I went as far away to school as Austin, Texas. Oh, there you go. And then came back to San Antonio and started Married a boy from San Antonio. Okay. And uh, started our family after we were married a couple of years. Okay. UT? I was at UT Austin. Oh, that's, that's where awesome. I What'd you study? I studied education and I actually taught school for a couple of years. You're lo- kidding me. I love teaching school. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. What grade did you teach? Taught fifth grade. Great, oh. great grade to teach. Yes. Because they still like their teacher. Yes. But they're also very smart. And so what school? I taught in Northeast School District okay. uh, at an elementary school called Jackson Keller. Jackson Keller, know it. And then I decided after having children yeah. that I needed something else to do to bring in money. Okay. So I did substitute teaching in Alamo Heights. Ah. And okay. that was a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I don't want to substitute teaching anymore. They, they, they call you at five in the morning yes, and they tell do. you they need you. Yes, they do. And the kids know that you don't know anything. So yes. they run all over you. Yes. Which is really interesting. Did you know that I was a teacher? No. I taught for 11 years. No. Yeah. And I taught third, fourth, and fifth grade. It's it's a wonderful. Yes, it was, it's amazing. I have great admiration for teachers. Yes. Okay. So now you were born Alamo Heights, uh, uh, and and you went out. Your mom was a teacher. She's now no longer a teacher. Now she's at home teaching you and helping you. Tell me your what are your memories of San Antonio growing up in this amazing city? Well, I grew up in Alamo Heights and um, played in the neighborhood. We would 
leave the front doors unlocked and the milkman would deliver milk to the back door and um, you'd run all over the neighborhood. And uh, it was it was a wonderful, wonderful time. It would be time to come home for dinner. And uh, my mother loved to cook. She was a fabulous cook. She liked to cook and entertain. She stayed home with me. Um, I'm the oldest of three. Okay. And uh, and so when it was time to come home for dinner, they would call us out and say, come home for dinner. And then uh, later, um, I went to um, Alamo Heights High School, like my mother did, and played tennis um, on the Alamo Heights High School tennis team and really just got to appreciate the community of living in a small town but being part of a bigger city. It was a very, very happy place to grow up. And it's very unique, right, that we have this this amazing city within a city. You have Alamo Heights. It's right outside this just, you know, growing city, San Antonio. And so, I mean, obviously you've seen Alamo Heights change, but you've seen San Antonio change over the years. What has been like, you know, now looking back on it, you know, what do you remember most about that time growing up in Alamo Heights and then seeing your kids grow up in Alamo Heights? Well, I think maybe the first thing that happened that really got my attention was Hemisphere. It was pretty exciting to have Hemisphere in San Antonio, and uh, I think it really introduced San Antonio to to the world. That's right. Mm -hmm. That was 1968? 1968. Yep. And um, I was all set to ride the Goodyear blimp, you know, that the tire company had provided for Hemisphere. And the day I was to get on the blimp, Jennifer was born. Oh, get out. She still hadn't forgiven me. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> That's a great story. So you interrupted her Goodyear blimp yes, ride. Yeah, oh, my goodness. Right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The, uh, but the, I'd say the second thing that happened that was so exciting uh, in San Antonio was having AT&T move their headquarters to San Antonio. Mm. I had um, only had the company maybe for about, Two and a half years. Okay. I'm not sure. Three years, maybe at the most. Yep. And I hadn't had a vacation since starting the company. Wow. And Jennifer was actually in Spain. She was working for the uh, World's Fair in Spain. Okay. She was a translator in French and Spanish for people. And so we, I planned a vacation to go see my daughter. Mm. And, and um, all of a sudden, it's I'm in Spain. And um, I get a phone call from the office that AT&T had moved their headquarters to San Antonio and that I better get home. Because it was time to start really getting busy. Getting wow. Busy. Yeah. Wow. Great group of people. They yeah. changed San Antonio. Now that was, so that's a pivotal moment. So this had to be 93, 94? Uh, 92. 92? 1992. Okay. 1992. 1992. Okay. That's a pivotal moment. AT&T. Uh, coming into making its headquarters in San Antonio. That's right. Wow. Okay. So I got to go back because now you're in Spain. So we got to go back. You you know three languages, fluent in three languages. Correct. That's so. How did that all start? So I was I was born during a World's Fair. Remember that? Yes. And then the, yeah, I was working at the World's Fair, and my parents raised us all to be bilingual. Okay. So I, I grew up in a family where my parents spoke Spanish, my uh, brothers spoke Spanish, and uh, we spoke Spanish and English at home. Okay. And um, I was—I always just thought that's part of being a Texan. And uh, my parents raised me to be um, to be very flexible. So uh, we would go to the country on the weekends and 
um, I can ride a horse very well. Here you go. And, uh, and then when I got to be, um, 20, 21 or 22, I made my debut. And so I, I learned, you know, that you, that when you're from Texas, we have all these fabulous cultures, you know, and that, that, you know, you can, you can go down to a, a street fair during Fiesta and hang out on the river during the river parade and talk to the person next to you on the street and that they're your family, you know, and that they're your friend. Um, or you can uh, go to a rodeo and, and participate because it, it, when I would go to summer camp, I was actually in the rodeos and, uh, and, and then to, to two step in country Western dance or to dress up in black tie. I think San Antonio is, is such an interesting, interesting place. And so the way that uh, my parents raised me to be open and flexible toward, um, you know, just the different influences in our, our culture, I ended up uh, going away to college at Yale I studied French when I was um, in middle school because I already spoke Spanish. Right. So I studied French through uh, middle school and high school. And then I, I went off to Yale and I continued to study French and I graduated in economics and political science. And when I was at Yale, I had a lot of friends that were um, from all over the world and all over the United States. Mm-hmm. And uh, so later when I had the opportunity to work at a World's Fair it was an opportunity for me to use both of my languages. And so the job I had, I was actually working for the United States government um, at the United States Pavilion. Nice. And so you're there translating, speaking Spanish, French, and English. Yes. I wasn't actually a translator. Um, I, I My position was guide at guide, the World's okay, Fair. Okay. And so I would give um, tours to VIP visitors or I'd work at exhibits and all of us that were hired uh, by the United States Information Agency had to be fluent in multiple languages, and what so cool... that, that was just a course of a of a what we did every day is, right. is talk to people in whatever language we knew that we could connect with them in. Right? How cool is that? So, so now you 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 uh, you start your company in 1989. You started Phyllis Brown and Company. Is that right? right? right. Celebrating 30 years. Congratulations! Thank you. That is outstanding. I started it on April Fool's Day. Uh, no, stop. April 1st. <laughs> is that right? That's the first day of the company. Yes. I love it. I love it. So I want to go back to think about this because it made me think about it. Why real estate? Like what, what, what got you thinking about real estate? Who was your mentor that kind of unlocked that door to even think about it? Um, well, I'd say there were several things. One was I really liked teaching school, but it was hard, uh, teaching school. I'd come home at the end of the day and there you have children at home. So again, you're teaching children, then you're trying to raise your own children. It's difficult. And it didn't pay very much money. And uh, we were in an inflationary time at that period um, in our lives. And then the other thing that I would say influenced me was my father was an architect. Okay. And um, so when I was a little girl, I would go in the car with him and I'd go through all the houses that, you know, he had designed. He mainly was an architect for builders. Okay. And uh, so that was fun because I got introduced to houses at an early age. Uh, As far as mentors go, you know, Betty Beekland was a great lady. And, uh, you know, I think that she was probably the first person I I think about when I think about real estate. She's Mm. no longer living. Yeah. 
And she was an agent? Was she a real estate agent? She was a real estate agent, yeah. and uh, she worked for a company called God Shipman Company. Oh, yes, 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 yes. God Shipman is no longer in business. Yes. And so that kind of got you, piqued your interest. You go get your license. And so did you work for a company prior to, or did you just start right up? You get your, you know, you actually know you probably worked for somebody for a little bit and then you decided I'm going to start my own. What, where did that, where did that idea even come from? Well, I went to interview with God Shipman company and they turned me down. Oh, there you go. (laughs) That's right. So then I went to interview with uh, a company called Jones King. Okay. And they took me in, and okay. I worked for them for 10 years. And uh, two great ladies, Betty Jones, Betty King, yeah. wonderful ladies, very smart women. Yeah. But uh, then I went to them, and I said, you know, after 10 years, I'd like to, I was their top agent, and I said, I'd like to join the you as a partner. And they said, no. And I said, well, things need to change. And they said, no, they don't. Yeah. We, it's it's good. We've been doing this all along, and it works. Yeah. And uh, then I started having friends that said, you need to leave. You need to start your own company. Mm, and that was when the door opened. The, well, yes, kind of. I yeah. Went, I went, wait a minute. I need to start my own company. Right. <laughs> so aren't y'all going to help? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, I had had wonderful people that helped me. Um, Bob Sohn was a good friend of mine, and um, he started doing business plan, you know, helping me work out a business plan, okay. what it would cost, you know, to open up a company and what I would need to do to make the company work. And then Cappy Lawton, mm. uh, who owns Cappy's. And, mm. Oh, uh, Cap- yeah, Cappy's. Yeah, Cappy. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so Cappy would, he'd always say, Phil, call me Phil. Yeah. You need to come over to the restaurant. And so I'd go over there at around two or three in the afternoon, sit out on his patio, and he would discuss with me what a business is and how you run it. Wow. He gave me a business class. Wow. So at two o'clock every day, you'd sit back there and he would just kind of talk you through that. That's, that's right. That is awesome. That is awesome. So it starts April Fool's Day. It starts. Now I can imagine you're watching all of this and kind of seeing what's being built. At what point did you say, you know what? I'm ready to jump into well, this. She, she's in college. She was doing college at that time. Okay. She was, she was a junior at Yale. Okay. When you, oh, when you started. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Right. And that was really frightening. Yeah. Because, you know, we were, my husband and I were, you know, making tuition payments for Jennifer, and then her brother was going to be coming into college also. Right. So we had some pretty good expenses. Right. And uh, trying to plan that was difficult. Right. So. And so at what point did you decide to join the business? So I, I came home from, from uh, Yale, and my parents said, welcome home. We don't believe in family business. <laughs> There you go. Well, that well that ended that right there. <laughs> so my mother introduced me to one of her real estate clients. Okay, who was the um, manager at a stock brokerage firm. Oh, okay. so I went to work for him. Okay, and so you did that for how long? I did it for almost a year. Okay, he was a fabulous mentor. Yeah, uh, I I made an agreement with him that if I became his assistant, I said I have a Yale degree, and you're hiring me as your assistant, and so I said I'll do it on one condition. That you teach me everything you know. Oh, that's good. And mm-hmm. and so he he just did a tremendous job uh, mentoring me on all kinds of things. And I was in the process of studying for my Series Seven so that I could become a stockbroker yep. myself. 
when my phone started to ring and I got some phone calls um, back from the U.S. government. So um, I had an opportunity to go intern at the White House. I had an opportunity to uh, work with the CIA and I had an opportunity to work for the United States Information Agency uh, in Seville, Spain at the 1992 World's Fair. Okay. And so um, I crawled under my desk and took the interview uh, in Spanish because this was when before cordless phones. Right. When the phone right. still had the cord on you it. You need a landline. I didn't have a cell phone. <laughs> so I, I took the interview under my desk and, and answered all the questions in Spanish. I had to prove that I was fluent in Spanish and I had to answer questions uh, about United States history and prove that I would be a good representative of the government. Right. So they, they hired me uh, in 1992. It was uh, 500 years since Columbus discovered America. And... Uh, and I went to work in Spain. And when I came home from Spain, I'd had the time of my life, as you can imagine. Yeah. So uh, seven months later, when that, that assignment ended, I came back to San Antonio and went to work for another stock brokerage firm, okay. taught some tennis lessons, and wrote editorials for a Mexican newspaper. Oh, my goodness. And, and during that time watched my mother continue to grow the company. Yeah. And she came to me one day, the company was four years old at this point, and she said, hey, I've got a proposition for you. You like to travel. Yeah. She goes, why don't you use your travel skills to go call on companies and get them to move to San Antonio? Oh. She said, this relocation thing is getting big. And she had relocated AT&T, which was Southwestern Bell at the time. Mm-hmm. And she said, there's more of that business, and why don't you help me go grow the company? So at that point, I went and got my real estate license and went to work for her as her first relocation director. Wow, okay. And then, uh, and then uh, I showed up for work, and she said, well, I think this is going to work, but I'm not going to pay you very much until we figure it out. That's right. <laughs> So oh, I love goes, this. This is great. The good news is you have a real estate license. Yeah. And so you can just go make some commissions and you yeah. can live at home since you're not making very much money and I'll feed you dinner. Yeah. So. Yes. So I. I Sound moved, like a great deal. So I moved home. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I got my real estate license and I went to my first sales meeting and the economy was great. Yeah. And she stood up and she said. This is a great time to be selling houses. And if you can't sell a house, then you're in the wrong business. Mm. And I went, oh, no, I got to make sure I can sell some houses. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so that was the beginning. That was the beginning. That was the beginning. And so do you remember your first deal? Yes, I do. You, you do? I do. Tell me your first deal. My, my first deal. So my mother taught me to go talk to people, you know, to yeah. talk to everybody I know and ask them if they needed a real estate agent. Yeah. And so my first deal was a friend of mine um, whose grandmother had passed away and her father, who was handling the estate, mm -hmm. uh, took a chance on me and let me list the house. Yeah. And so uh, that was in Alamo Heights yeah. on Claywell. That was my first listing. Okay. And I did both sides of the deal and went and found the buyer uh, a friend of mine from high school who was buying his first house. Nice. So that was a good, that was an easy deal. Well, there are no easy deals in real estate. Right. Tomas, and you know that. <laughs> of course not. Yeah. But it was a good first deal. Yeah. It was, it was nice. It was nice way to, 
get started in the business. To kick it off. Okay. So now thinking about that, you know, I, I'm, I'm always curious, like knowing what you know now, what would you say you wish you knew? And I, I'm going to ask you first, Jennifer, like, what do you, what would you say, man, I wish I knew this before starting in real estate? Well, I went to school and I studied economics and political science, but I didn't take any finance courses. And at the time, I didn't know. My, well, my mother hadn't even started the company until I was halfway through college. And I didn't know that someday I'd be running a company. And so knowing what I know now, I think if I uh, did it again, what I'm telling all my kids is take finance courses, you know, and learn business schools when you're younger and early in life, because I had to learn all the business skills, you know, halfway through life. That's great advice. And I like learning. It's been a, it's been a pure pleasure. I'm always learning. I'm a constant student, you know, and that's one of our, um, values in our company is that we're constant learners. And that was when she started the company that we would always be learning. Um, but that's the one thing I would change. I love that. And what would you say, Phyllis? Like, you know, before getting into the real estate career, you know, what would you say would be the one thing that you wish you had, had known before starting? You know, that I would say, you know, I just had no idea how hard it was going to be to run a company. And, um, it, it was just so much harder than I realized. And I, I don't know, today, I think the young agents are so good, and Jennifer, too, on managing their time and having assistance. You know, we, we just, it wasn't there. You know, teams and, and assistants were not there when I started the company. So I was working seven days a week, and I would be working late at night. Yeah, that makes it tough. It makes it tough. That's you know when you're you're any any time you're starting a company, I I, I always um there was a period where I would tell people like knowing what I know now, I, sometimes I wonder I would even say it out loud like I don't know if I could start Luxury Home Magazine again because it was so hard in it the was, beginning. It's so hard, right? It's like you kind of have those relapses of like, man, it was really tough. But then I go back and I go, but look at, look at the reward. Like you, on the backside of it, you know, what has transpired from that starting the company, what's transpired 30 years later is this iconic, you know, real estate company that is, uh, that you've, you've built over the last 30 years that everyone in the city knows about. Like, like everybody knows about. Well, you know, I, I look back and I just think it's been such an incredible blessing. It, it's not the financial success of the company, but what I have found so wonderful are the number of friends that I have. I, I, I got to know so many of the AT&T people, and they became my closest friends. And, and the same thing is true about so many of the uh, sales that I make. It doesn't end with the closing and the signing of the paperwork. We, you know, I continue having a lot of great friends. The other thing that I've loved about it is that because I was the baby born in Alamo Heights, I was, I was in a bubble. Mm. I didn't really know our city and I know our city now and I love our city and I like to sell our city to people. It's such a great place to live. Doesn't matter which part of the city you live in. It's a great city. It's it absolutely, it sure is. This is an amazing city that we live in. And uh, so, 
you know, now looking back, you, you, 30 years, you look back on that. And what would you say in those 30 years, biggest memories for the company? For you, what do you think, you know, Jennifer, looking back on it, what's the biggest memory that comes to life over the last 30 years of seeing what your mom's built, but that memory for you? The, the memory for me is in the first four years of the company. Uh, there was a group of, of agents. Well, we all got together. There were about 30 of us. And we got together for some planning and we wrote the mission statement for the company. And in the mission statement, you know, our tagline is to be the very best. But we defined what it means to be the very best. And it was a set of values for how we treat each other, um, how we treat our staff. Um, and, and it was a commitment to stay on the cutting edge, a commitment to constant learning and a commitment to learn something new every day. And that just stays in my head because so much has changed over the years. I mean, we've, we've gone through every brand. We have new office buildings. Um, we've had to reinvent ourselves a couple of times, but the one thing that has not changed has been our commitment to change. And uh, that's that's just been so powerful. There've been a lot love of it. lot of other good memories too. But you asked for one. And that's no, I love that because that that if you think about it, that shaped that shaped the company. You know, and that was a big piece. of That what would you say, uh, Phyllis? Biggest memory over the last thirty years? <laughs> um, I think what was, I mean, astounding to me was in two thousand five. I went to the doctor. And the doctor says, you have cancer. <laughs> and I went, oh, my gosh. Mm. And I had a daughter who stepped in. I was actually being honored, um, gosh, in the, in, very quickly with, a, um, with the Texas Business Hall yeah, of Fame. Yeah, Texas Business Hall of Fame. Mm. And Jennifer, and, and so on the day of surgery, that, that night was the event. And she stepped in there and did a beautiful job. And from there wow. on out... I began taking less and less time in the company and going, she's got it. Right. And uh, the support team of all of everybody. The other thing that was so amazing to me about our company is that we really are a family company. We really support each other and get along well and do what we need to do to help the other one be successful. And that was just amazing to me. You know, I, I kind of thought, it's all over. Yeah. And here I am, what, 15 years, 14 years later. I love it. And she is doing an incredible job. And um, I am so blessed to have Jennifer and so blessed to have my husband's been great. My uh, son, Craig, is yeah. now selling real estate with the company. Yeah. The only bad sheep of the company is Jennifer's youngest brother, John. Yeah. He's a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's just a doctor. No big deal. <laughs> I love it. So, you know, success. Like I, I, I thought about that word for a really long time. When I, when I started Luxury Home Magazine, I kind of was obsessed with that word, like what that word meant. And, you know, social media tries to tell you what success is. You know, I mean, how many books are written about success, right? It's like every book is like success, success, success. But I'm curious, you know, um, how do you define success? You know, you've had 30 years. You've built this amazing company. And what does success mean for you, starting out, Phyllis? What does that mean to you? Well, I, from a business standpoint, is when you have repeat customers. Yeah. And and I, I appreciate that so much. Again, just because somebody signs their closing documents and they now move into the house, 
it's just three years later, they call you back up and say, oh, we're being moved. And they come back to me. They come back to the agents and the company that they worked with. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. What do you think, Jennifer? What does success mean to you? The word that came to mind was reputation. Ah, and it's it's what people think about us. Yeah, and and how they feel about the experience that they have with us, and that was something that my mother taught me very very early in the business is that um, that's the most important thing. Yeah, is is uh, to to earn a good reputation. And to protect it, yeah, and 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 that's something that we have to earn every single day and every single transaction that we do. One hundred percent, every call, right? It's mm-hmm. like every call, every piece of communication is part of building that reputation. When, when yeah, you, yeah, when you have your name on that sign, yeah, you know, you you want to make sure that you do do the golden rule. You know, yeah. you treat everybody the way you want to be treated. Yeah, I love that. I love that. All right, fun questions. Are you ready? Couple of fun questions. I had them on the paper here. Um, what are you curious about right now? I know you're a learner. I'll ask you first, Jennifer. What, what, what is it that you're learning now that has you just like I can't like I am I am into this. Right now, I'm I'm really into culture studies and uh, what makes a top performer, what makes a a good salesperson, what makes a good mm. team player. Okay, I love it. Phyllis, what do you what do you think? What are you curious about right now? Well, I I I think I'm just curious in the fact that there's just been so many changes in all businesses, not just our business, mm-hmm. but in all businesses. And I I mean Uber, Lyft, uh, rent a clothes, yes, <laughs> you know, buying your shoes through the mail. I mean these these are things that were not part of my generation, right? And I and I keep wondering what's next. What? Yes. And and especially you know with real estate and um, you know we may not be buying you know we're not going to be driving cars anymore. Yeah. Right. We might be having an Uber just to go to work every day. We know there. You want, maybe we don't need cars in the future. Right. I hope not. I like driving my car though. You know. <laughs> I love that. You know. Um. So think about this, I, you know, this conversation about the future of real estate and, and you have uh, these new companies, Purple Bricks, Open Door, Perch. I, I'm curious from, from a perspective of what you've seen from your company, it's, is what, what is the mindset moving into the future for Phyllis Browning as you think about these new companies that are starting to come up? Great question. Yeah. It, it's something that a lot of people are thinking about and I've been asked before. Um. I think that you still cannot replace personal relationships and, you know, that there's a, a space for those companies um, for certain price ranges of houses and certain neighborhoods. Um, you know, if, if it's the same builder and the same floor plan, then it's, you know, maybe a possibility to sell your house that way. Um, I've seen people leave money on the table. Yep. And when you consider that real estate is your biggest investment, a good real estate agent can earn their commission by helping to sell the pro- the house at the correct price, yeah. uh, by helping to um, guide you through the sale. You know, people who sell their homes, you know, for sale by owner, or they they may they miss miss out on a disclosure issue, or you know they they can price it incorrectly. 
So I, I don't think that these big companies are going to replace human relationships. Yep. I mean, I, my, my clients so often, they want to know what I think. You know, I, I'm there. Every experience, every home selling experience is a custom experience, you know, and I tell them that from the beginning, you know, that I'm, I'm here to achieve their desired outcome and that there's a lot of different ways to get there. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think you can just get that way through one of those other um, methods of trying to sell your home online. It's not the same. It's a cookie cutter. It, it At the is. end of the day, they're just, they, they have a cookie cutter process. They have yep. a cookie cutter and there, there's a lot of work that the real estate agent does on making connections. You know, I told somebody the other day, it's like working a puzzle. And so, you know, if you don't bring the two pieces of the puzzle together, then the puzzle doesn't get finished. So you can have all the pieces out on the table, but the real estate agent is the connector that brings the buyer and the seller together. And so, and then the real estate agent, you know, still gives a lot of advice. And so I give my clients, you know, they ask me for advice and I give them advice on negotiating and you, you don't get that through those no. other companies. No. And I, I think that analogy is perfect, right? It's the puzzle, mm-hmm. right? I haven't heard that analogy yet about this. And, and, and putting those pieces together, usually if you've got somebody on the other end, it's just, it's just a system. They're not looking at the puzzle. All they care about is getting the, you know, they just want to get the deal done. And if there's a problem, then, oh, well, there's a problem. They're going to pay who they'll figure it out. But I love that real agents, real estate agents that are invested in relationships are going to sit down and put the pieces together and they're going to figure out how to make it work so that everybody wins. You know, something that nobody talks about is they don't talk about what happens between the time a property goes under contract until it closes. Right. And there's a lot of challenges that can come up in the life cycle of a transaction. And people who are not as sophisticated in real estate, they think that it's over when you connect a buyer and a seller. Mm. And they don't realize all the other things that have to happen for a property to get to closing. And so sometimes the um, there can be issues on the survey. Mm-hmm. Um, there can be all kinds of issues. That's when the hurdles really start, right? It's yes. like the contract's just one hurdle. <laughs> You've got another hundred. What would, what would you say to that in terms of, you know, when you think about, because you've seen a lot of changes, right, Phyllis? You've seen all the changes, all the different companies that have popped up. And I'm curious for you, like, how do, how do you see that playing out uh, uh, um, for Phyllis Browning moving forward? And, you know, kind of adding what she talked about, Jennifer talked about. Well, I agree with Jennifer completely that, it's all about relationships and everybody that you meet, not only just the people in your company, but, um, I mean, when you go to the gas station to fill up your car, it's every relationship you have will affect your business and it's very important for us. I will add one more thing, though. My grandson goes to San Antonio Academy. Okay. And he called me one night and he said, my teacher said to ask my grandmother, what is the most important piece of advice right now that you can give me about the future? And I said, it's easy. Just be willing to change and Mm. accept change. And that's what I've admired about Jennifer is that she stepped into the company and was not like the first company that I worked for that said, why would we change? We've been doing it this way. She stepped in and she made the changes she needed to make. And um, I'm so grateful. That's great advice. Great advice. You have to be willing to change. That's so good. Yeah, that's really, really good. Okay, you ready? Now, I need to know, go to San Antonio restaurant. Like, this is, 
If somebody knows they can walk in the restaurant, they're going to see you there. What's that restaurant? Paloma Blanca. Oh, I love that one. That's your restaurant? Same for you? Clementine's. Clementine's. Okay. Favorite dish there? Oh, they have uh, called Aunt Pearl's uh, Beets. Aunt Pearl's Beets. Uh-huh. Oh, my goodness. Oh, they're delicious. They're good, huh? And I never liked beets. Until then. Okay, so I got to get that. We got to make sure we do that, Gabe. Uh, our next Friday, we'll go Clementine's and we'll get the beets. I love that. What's your dish? Go-to dish? Green enchiladas. Okay, nice, nice. All right, so now to wrap this up, my last question is from a book by Tim Ferriss. He wrote a book. Uh, it was called uh, Tools of Titans, and he basically sent this out. It was 11 questions that he had people fill out, and they're really, really, really good questions. And I'm curious. Uh, I haven't picked it out yet. I wanted to kind of look at them as we're talking and see, but I think this one uh, would be really, really good. Yeah, this is the one. Okay, you ready? All right, Phyllis, we'll start with you. In the last five years, what new belief or behavior have you I- uh, injected into your life to improve your life? Something over the last five years that you said, you know what, I'm going to change this and add this to my life. Meditation and prayer. Okay. Mm-hmm. I love it. Tell, tell me a little bit more. Tell me how, how has that impacted you? You know, I, I think it's made me a calmer person. Uh, certainly made me to be more aware of what's going on around me and certainly more accepting, you know, of, of people when they're having problems and issues, not to be so judgmental, but know that, you know, there's something else going on in their life. I love it. That's awesome. Okay. Jennifer, last five years, new belief, behavior, habit that has helped improve your life. I've also enjoyed Uh, meditation for focus reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I'm really enjoying right now is I've just ramped up my exercise routine. Okay. So I I mentioned to you that that growing up at Alma Heights High School, I played on the tennis team and I played college tennis. And I also ran track and cross country. Okay. And what I'm learning about myself is that I have a lot of energy and that Mm -hmm. I need to stay moving. And so... um, as much as I can move and exercise every day, uh, it really helps me be a better a better business person. So yes, I, I have uh, brought tennis back into my weekly schedule, okay. and yoga, and weightlifting, and I've just started pickleball as my new favorite. Oh, sport. <laughs> pickleball! Okay, yes, that is awesome. Any running? Just a little, little bit. A little bit? Okay. But okay. I'd much rather play tennis. Yeah, tennis is, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I, I played tennis in high school. Didn't do the college thing, but I love tennis. But I've never tried pickleball. It's very fun. I, that's what I'm hearing. Yes. I heard it's really, really fun. Yes. I saw Gary V playing pickleball. So if Gary V plays pickleball, then it must be really cool. You know, you know who Gary V is. Yes. Yeah, it's social media guy. Anyways, when I saw that, I was like, okay, now I got to play pickleball. Okay, last but not least. If you were to sit down with an agent right now and you were just giving advice, you're sitting down talking with them and, 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 and not necessarily business advice, just life advice, what would be the one thing that you would tell them, you know, as you're sitting with them, what do you think you would tell with that agent? They're just starting out in the business. You've gotten a chance to sit down and have coffee with them. What would be the one thing you'd want to tell them? Take care of people. Stay yeah. in touch. Don't forget your past clients. 
That's a big one. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. What would you tell them, Phyllis? Well, that's that's a hard one. Yeah. Gosh, um, I think that it's you know being willing to work and to work hard and uh, to know what your goals are because again, your goals are so important and will help you determine how hard you want to work uh, as to what it is that you want to get out of life and out of your work. I love it. Well, listen, this is TM3 Impact. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. We will have this out probably this week, and it will be on iTunes. It'll be on YouTube. It'll be everywhere, and we'd love to share it with you so you could share it with your sphere as well. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having us, Tomas. Yes, thank Thank, you. Thank you, Tomas. Yes, have an awesome week.